1: And I'm your host, Ron Schmelzer. And so much has been going on recently. Uh, People are really putting AI into so many products and so many projects. Sometimes they are putting some thought into the kinds of projects they're putting AI into. But let's uh, be honest, most of the time, they're not. (laughs) People feel so much pressure or so much, I don't know, motivation or inspiration or who knows what, and Homo, putting, we uh, also
0: talk, and I think Homo, like, it's because so yeah. many other people are doing it. They're like, well, I have to do it. And it's like, why? And it's like, because others are doing it. It's like, that's not a good reason.
1: <laughs> right. And of course, without surprise, these projects fail. Because people feel like, you know, they're putting it without much reason. I think the other issue that we have here is that uh, that people feel like these AI projects need to be grandiose and they need to be doing these big things. but at the but ironically, when it's grandiose, it actually doesn't really do anything. So one of the things we're going to spend we spend a lot of time talking to on our AI today podcast is we really want to focus on how do we make AI reality? How do we focus on driving real value? And to do that, we need to basically address, well fairly basic ideas of managing and running projects.
0: Exactly. So this has come up a lot when we talk to clients and folks that are in our CPM AI community, which is the Cognitive Project Management for AI. We have a training and certification, and I'll link to that in the show notes. But this topic comes up a lot. So we want to spend some time on today's podcast talking about scoping AI projects. And what does that really mean? So we always love to say, think big, start small, and iterate often. And it really is you know, a great mindset and philosophy to have, but we want to spend a little bit of time about what that really means. So we always say the best practice for any high-risk emerging technology project that really has ill-defined goals is to think big and start small and iterate often. But when we break that down and we say, okay, well, this is what we're going to talk about in today's podcast. What does it really mean to think big? What does it really mean then to start small And how do you iterate often? What does that iteration process look like? And how does this also relate to scoping and project scoping?
1: Yeah, this is really important because you can do, I guess, almost anything with an AI project. You can try to build a self driving vehicle if that's what you want to do. You can do, uh, sentiment analysis tool, you could do predictive analytics, well, really any of the seven patterns of AI, and you could start doing some big project or a small project. And I think this is one of the, the risks that we have with AI is that because this is such a broadly uh, adoptable technology, in many ways, it's not like a website or a mobile app where there's always so much you can do with a website or a mobile app. With AI, we can do so many different things. And this is a problem. So we have to start with this idea of thinking big. And sometimes maybe people think too big, or sometimes people think about things that they think are big, but it's not really that big at all. But really, when we say think big, what this really means is we're trying to solve a big problem, a big business problem, an organizational problem. And I have to add, not just any problem, we have to solve a big business problem that is worth solving with AI because there's a lot of big problems in the world like poverty and war and you know issues of You know, satisfaction that we can't really solve with AI. There are other big problems that we can solve, but not using AI with other other technologies for for or other approaches. So really, think big is this this big problem that we're trying to solve. And in the context, even of the methodology, the CPMI Cognitive Project Management for AI, we talk about the business understanding. But when we get to that point of trying to understand the business understanding, that's already when we know kind of what the vision is. It's hard to start every iteration of every project saying. Let's go back to thinking big again because you can't do that if every 2 weeks you're thinking big. The, okay, you're doing a lot of gyrating, you're doing a lot of changing your strategy. You need to think big, but not think big every 2 weeks. So that means that you that that you, the thing that you're thinking big about has to be a big enough problem that it can exist across multiple iterations, but it also can't be you know so so big that you can't even figure out where to start, right?
0: Yeah, or that you can never solve it. <laughs> right. So we always say, you know, what are those big organizational drivers? Because especially with business understanding, we want to make sure that it's actually solving a real business problem. So think about those big organizational drivers and what it's going to t- to take to achieve some fundamental positive outcome for your organization. And when when we say think big, you you know, it's kind of uh, this Goldilocks, right? You don't want to be too small in your thinking big vision because that itself can be a problem where it actually really wasn't a big enough, you know, think big. And you don't want it to be, like we said, way too big either. Another Another issue and common reason for failure that we have seen far too often is people doing AI for AI sake. And it's become even more of an issue lately. You know, Ron mentioned at the beginning of the podcast about how people are throwing generative AI in just about everything. And it sometimes it doesn't even make sense. We've covered this in previous newsletters and I'll link to those in the show notes. If you'd like to subscribe to our newsletter, you can. Because you have to, you know, you have to say, okay, is this solving a real problem? Is AI the right solution? And does it make sense how I'm applying it? Because otherwise you're gonna get caught up in the wrong side of all of this and things are gonna go bad.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're just doing AI for AI's sake, actually that's not even thinking big enough. That's just like, okay, what what's the big problem you're solving? Oh, I want to do AI. Well, that's that's not a big problem. That's kind of not even that's not even a trivial problem. And of course, the second thing is like if you're saying you wanna do AI, AI is a solution. AI is a technology, AI is a tool, it's not the problem. Doing AI, what's the problem? I have to do AI. That's not the problem. Is the problem that you're trying to include, increase your shareholder price? Is the problem that you have a product that has a missing feature? Is a pro- something, right? That's the problem. Doing AI is a, is a hammer in search of a nail, right? <laughs> That's what I say. Like you're a, you're a, if you're if you're trying, you have a solution in search of a problem. Everything, if you have a hammer, the whole world is full of nails and just try to use it for everything. And I think this is what we're starting to see even in some of the biggest organizations where they have like no real vision, And it's not really tied to any sort of organizational outcome. They just feel the pressure to do something. This is basically letting FOMO take control of your strategy. And all of a sudden, you're putting out AI products, one that don't do anything useful in the best case. But in the worst case, they're causing real harm. And you're thinking, holy cow, I can't believe they actually did this crazy, dumb thing with AI, now you have negative value. And we see this a lot with generative AI stuff, because generative AI is just so easy to do. We talk about this so much in the last many podcasts, so easy to implement into everything, so people are. And what that means is that they're not even thinking. So forget about think big, it's just just do uh, you know generative AI, so don't think. Start small with some generative AI problem and I guess just keep trying different things <laughs> until something sticks. I don't really know what strategy that is. But that's not a good one.
0: Correct. So, okay. So now we've, we've talked about what thinking big is. So what does it mean to start small? Well, a big problem worth solving needs to be divided into smaller addressable parts. We always say, don't boil the ocean. You're not going to get really far and you're just going to get super frustrated and then Don't be surprised why your AI project fails. So not every part, you know, especially when we're thinking big, has to have the same priority and really nor should it and nor will it. So whenever we talk about AI, we always like to break it down one level further into the different patterns of AI, the seven patterns of AI. So are we doing a conversational pattern of AI, which generative AI falls under? Or are we doing an autonomous pattern of AI, which autonomous vehicles could fall under? are we doing a predictive analytics solution of AI really understand what pattern or patterns of AI you're doing and you don't need to do all the patterns at once you know if you're if if what you're trying to do maybe incorporates three different patterns of AI by starting small we can pick just one of them and we don't need to be doing all of them you know simultaneously within that same iteration so phase one of CPM AI, The business understanding phase requires you to find the smallest subset of this think big problem that you can implement with the greatest return in the shortest amount of time. So, the reason that you're going to do that is you want to make sure that you are having early wins and early successes so that you can get everybody behind this, right? Because this is, you're going to have to invest in this process, which means you're going to have to invest money and time and resources. So, you don't want to think, you know, start too big and also (laughs) spend all this money for it to fail because guess what? The next iteration probably is never going to get approved.
1: Right. So when you do that, sort of think about that first small problem that has the highest return in the shortest amount of time, basically, as as Kathleen said, get that early win. You have to also do the AI go no-go because there may be a roadblock there. I might say, well, I could do this fast, but all of a sudden, I don't have access to the data I need, or maybe I can't implement this model the way I want to, even if it is small. So that means we may have to choose another small project because again, we want to be successful. So we pick our project, our small project, We do the AI go, no-go. We make sure it passes that. And if we realize that we actually have a number of different small projects we can do, possibly at the same time, we may need to be careful about that because we may run out of resources. Maybe we need data engineering or we need some data labeling or maybe we're doing some prompt engineering or someone needs to build something and we may run into some roadblocks or maybe we'll have a trustworthy issue where... One thing all of a sudden runs into a ton of problems, and that could kill every other project, right? So we have to be mindful. And so when we think about start small really need to think about what is the best chance for success that's what we're really thinking about it's not just the smallest project that that has the highest return in the shortest amount of time that's important but also that won't run into any roadblocks that won't hit any you know ethical issues or responsible issues because we we want to have a big we want to do that so another way to think about this is that we want to think big what is the big problem we're trying to solve and we want to start with a small solution to that big problem that gets us to where we want as fast as we can.
0: Right, so when we're using this start small approach and iterate often, then what does that mean? So AI projects, they really do need to be short and outcome focused. We've talked about this on other podcasts where if your iteration is taking like 12 to 18 months, your iteration, that is way too long, way too (laughs) long. And Ron also talked about data issues. We've also seen teams run into these roadblocks where it takes five months for them just to get the data that they need that's within their organization because... They are not, they don't have access to it or they don't have permission or there's some roadblock or the IT team or another team doesn't understand their request. And so they're going back and forth and they're, you know, going through all these things because we also know that a lot of organizations have data silos. And so to get data from one silo to another in and of itself is a huge challenge. So if these are going to be some of your issues, then that's probably not the first iteration that you should be starting with. And also, you need to understand that before you start that project. So that's why when we talk about these iterations, maybe that's going to be farther down the road. You can start requesting that data now, but have it be farther down the road. So the end of each small iteration should accomplish and, you know, and ask one question. So you want to determine if the small iteration has met the business understanding objectives that we set up in phase one of CPM AI for that iteration that supports the think big overall goals. So really, we always want to be driving this back to business understanding. We always want to make sure that our AI project is solving a real business problem, and then we are slowly iterating towards that goal.
1: Yeah. So you ask the question, uh, has this met the objectives? And of course, there's only two answers for that. And if the answer is yes, that the that you've done that. So this is after the end of the of the iteration. So you went ahead and you built the project. You did the thing. You executed the task. You did the small thing, and you go, okay, great. Did you achieve the small? step to take along the big problem if the answer is yes then you ask the next question which is well what is the next small project that we can do to f- go us further to help us answer the think big since pretty obvious but then but it could also be that it did not meet the objectives right and one of the things we ask you to do in CPMI phase one is you need to have measurable outcomes you say okay great What's the big problem? Okay, well what well in this small iteration, how do I know that I've actually accomplished this big problem? Have I reduced a cost? Have I increased a bottom line? Have I checked some check boxes for risk or something like that? And if I haven't, because I'm now measuring the thing I just produced, we need to determine why the project has not met those objectives. And then, of course, say, well, what do we need to do on a free future iteration to meet those objectives? And hopefully you can figure it out and then do another iteration. So you really can't move to the next step here, this next iteration, until we've gotten the answer to this question, <laughs> did it meet the objectives, and two, determine what we do next. This seems fairly obvious, but, but it's funny how people don't do these obvious things. Like they will implement, say, some sort of you know, document uh, rag thing where they'll use AI to answer questions and like, okay, great. What problem did that solve? It's a, it's a good, you know, it's a it's pretty obvious. It's a valid point. question. What did it solve? And then of course it's like, okay, great. Did it solve that problem? And it's so odd that like, not every time, but like seven or eight times out of 10, people are like, I'm not sure.
0: Like, well. Yeah, maybe is not a response Ron <laughs> said was an right. acceptable one.
1: <laughs> no, it has to be yes or no. And if the answer is yes, it'd be like, great, so you saved some time. I guess people who used to search for something, now they can search for it faster. Or maybe people are getting answers to questions that they weren't getting before, but those answers are meaningful in some way because it reduces call support. You need, See, that that's the thing. It forces you to think about, really, how do you know that it solved the problem? Otherwise, you have this question-answering tool. We, I'm giving a very specific example here, which could actually introduce more problems than solutions because all of a sudden now your tool may be generating things you don't want it to generate Yeah,
0: and That's it's it, be, oh my yeah, goodness that like recently
1: yeah what is it the bereaved uh air canada
0: oh, yeah. yeah so we put this in our newsletter um and we shared it on linkedin as well that air canada got in a lot of trouble and they were taken to small claims court and then had to pay out because their chatbot gave false information to someone who was flying for bereavement issues. Um, They said, you don't need to submit this until you get back. It was something like that. And then, you know, their website had contradictory information. So their website, they're saying, was authoritative and the guy should have gone there. But he used the chatbot feature in the chat, which was also on their website, and gave different conflicting information. So really be careful. It can have some major, major consequences to your organization.
1: Yeah, so it seems obvious, but for whatever reason, people are not actually doing some of these fairly obvious things. So of course, this brings us to the next thing, which is this idea of scope, which is when you're planning and managing your AI project, and it comes to thinking big and starting small, you can divide up your project in any of a number of ways. And the way that you organize your project and the order in which you tackle these projects, it's very elemental, a key to determining success. So the term scope, if you're not that familiar with it, I know it's a common English word and maybe we all understand, but there actually is a formal definition, at least according to different parties. And one of the definitions that we'll bring, especially when it comes to scope and scope management, is from the Project Management Institute's Project Management Body of Knowledge, the PMBOK, Their PMBOK. And their definition is, well, project scope is the work that's required to output a project's deliverable. And they continue and say that change happens. And project scope management includes the process to manage the scope changes and make sure that projects still come in on time and within budget. So scope is often defined by what's called a work breakdown structure. And changes should take place, so changes of the scope, saying that you can do something different than what you planned, should only go th- happen through formal change control procedures. So there's a process that we use to define the scope and also a process that we use to change that scope. And so long story short, the scope of a project really defines what is part of the project and what is not. And we'll talk about what that means in terms of what is part of your AI project and what is not. So uh this continues along if you if you follow, follow along in the in the PMBOK it tells you there's like six processes that are part of this cuz we said that project scope has a process to define the scope and then another process to change the scope right think of it that way and there's really six you might think that's two things but it's actually six things <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> right
0: so at a high level that's plan scope management which is really planning the process, and creating a scope management plan. Then your collect requirements. So this is defining and documenting the stakeholder's needs. Then you want to define your scope. So that's developing a detailed project scope statement. Also create work breakdown structure. So this is subdividing project deliverables into smaller work units, and then validate scope. So you're going to be formalizing the acceptance of the deliverables and then control scope. So the ongoing process of monitoring and managing changes to the project scope. So when we talk about this from an AI perspective and addressing this AI project scope, and especially from the CPM AI perspective, we care most about three of these steps. So we care about collecting requirements, which defining and documenting AI relevant stakeholders needs. So it's always important to make sure that we're talking to all the parties that we need to, all the stakeholders get their input. And really be, you know, asking what is the big problem and how will AI specifically provide a solution in a way that a non-AI solution wouldn't do better or more optimally? Because we always say don't do AI for AI's sake. You may have cheaper, quicker, faster, Mm -hmm. alternative solutions, one of which is automation. We talk about RPA and automation can be incredibly useful. It is not intelligence, but it could be quicker and cheaper to implement and maybe the better solution for certain problems. So really you know, understand what it is and make sure that AI is the right solution. We also care about defining scope. So developing a detailed AI-specific project management scope. How can we find that smallest, narrowest solution so that we can reduce the amount of variables the quantity of data that's needed, the resources, and you know, additional things to get to a potential solution the fastest. So whenever we talk about AI, people always say, well, more data is better. We go, well, hold on a second because we just talked about some of these issues about getting data, access to the data. Quantity of data is one issue. Quality of data is a whole other issue. The more data you have, the more you're gonna have to clean it. So really define that scope Figure out that detailed AI-specific project management statement.
1: This is what Air, I think Air Canada went wrong, if you want to think about it this way. And that is that you know, the problem was, uh, well, I guess it wasn't a really well-defined problem. But someone said that, I guess, the website wasn't good enough or something like that. And therefore, we needed a chatbot. That's I'm going to be charitable here and say that's was the reason, and not just that we want a chatbot because we want a chatbot is actually not a reason. It's, that's I know. We, you know.
0: as we but said at the beginning. But okay,
1: okay, <laughs> be let's, charitable. Let's be charitable and say that someone decided that the website wasn't enough, and so someone said, okay, we need a chatbot, and so the scope would have been, okay, what questions do we want the chatbot to answer specifically? And it shouldn't be like, well, they should be able to answer any question, like, okay, well, should I have my omelet for breakfast? Really, you want the chatbot to answer that? It should have been, what what should have happened is they should have defined what questions they wanted the chatbot to answer that the website wasn't optimal to do. It could have been things like what's my flight status or something like that because maybe that would connect to your personal account somehow and maybe looked it up or something that was maybe hard to find on the website. And then what they could have done slash should have done was defined the scope, the narrowest solution so that they can get that those answers out without causing problems and the problem is they did not define the narrow solution what they decided was that the chatbot should also replicate what the website was already doing but do so in a way that was confusing because it could potentially give different responses than the website if someone had started the project and saying you are aware that a chatbot might give different responses than the website then the management could have made a decision to say like well then We will find some way to deal with it. Or they could say, let's define and narrow the scope to say that this chatbot will only answer questions about these things. And if a question comes in that was not within that scope, it could have said, sorry, you could probably find this information on the website. Please refer to the website. Mm -hmm. They would never have
0: gotten to this problem if they just had done what? Defined the scope. Right. This also comes down when we talk about trustworthy AI disclosure and consent, Uh, you know, really making sure that you have disclosed that maybe not all of the answers will be 100% accurate. And so refer to the website for the most authoritative answers. And, you know, the chatbot maybe could have helped direct them to that page. So getting back to this addressing AI project scope, the third area that we really care about is create work breakdown structure, also WBS. So we're gonna be subdividing project deliverables into smaller AI-focused work units. When we think about this, we need to say, what are the specific pattern or patterns of AI that need to be accomplished? Because some projects can have one, some can have multiple, and that's okay, but we need to understand which patterns they are. And can we check all the boxes for the AI go, no go to make it a reality? So in CPM AI, we present the AI go, no go in phase one. There's nine questions that need to be asked. If all of them are not checked, we think of it as a traffic light. So you can have red, yellow, and green. If all of them are not green and good to go, mm, you really shouldn't be moving forward. If it's a yellow, that's, you know, proceed with caution, just like you do through a traffic light. And understand that it can only get bumpier down the road. So if you're not starting off with all of them green, then it may not really be, uh, you you just have to go back and redefine it. It doesn't mean that you can't necessarily move forward, but you just need to think about this. And so we need to be subdividing these project deliverables really into those small AI-focused work units that we can feel confident moving forward.
1: Yeah. And I think I think this sort of idea here is is we're trying to apply AI is a solution, not a not a, in itself a problem. So I think trying to figure out how it's a solution is really very important here, and that's why we think about the patterns and the AI go no go. I think really the final thing about this is very tempting in AI to basically have what's called scope creep, and it's kind of funny. We love that word scope creep because it implies something you know starts small, it's creeping along, but also there's that word creep. Don't be a creep, right? <laughs> so don't, be a scope, don't be a scope creep. And I think it comes from like, you know, AI just feels so magical. People like get caught up. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And I can't believe I did that. Like, wow, it's, look, it's creating this text. And it's doing these things. And it's, you know, from an experimentation perspective, it's fun to try a whole bunch of things. But it's not great from a business perspective to like try a whole bunch of things, and you know even people who are playing around. I I constantly you know smack in my head when I'm seeing people saying, I asked ChatGPT to do some math problem and it came back with the wrong answer. I'm like, wow, you applied the wrong technology to the wrong problem. It's like, yes, I understand. The chat part of ChatGPT is the it's answering a question. You're having a dialogue but you have to understand the GPT part of ChatGPT, which is that it is a transformer. It's a, just going to try to take your little bit of text and try to transform it into longer forms of text. It's okay. basically just creating text. So trying to find the answer to a math problem with GPT is like trying to find the answer to a math problem in a dictionary. It's like, I guess if the words just happen to be there, then it'll come back. But, but you know, GP, Chat GPT doesn't understand what eighteen thousand four hundred is as a numerical quantity. It understands eighteen thousand four hundred as a text. String as the next most likely possible text string, and people just make this mistake over and over again. And they say, "Oh, that this, this technology is not that good; it can't do this basic thing." And I'm like, "Why didn't you use a calculator?" I mean, like, I just don't get it. Why, why you have to use ChatGPT for that? Yeah,
0: right. And that's when we say, make sure that it is the right solution. Right? Defining that with when you're collecting requirements, defining and documenting AI relevant stakeholder tasks. Is this an actual solution that AI can and should be? solving and generative ai is so incredible and it has really made this ai conversation so lively lately but people don't use it always correctly and i think that's because they get so caught up in everything right and like ron said they think it's magical and another issue is that it will never tell you it doesn't know an answer it will just give you a wrong answer And I think that that's why people feel that it can do so much more than it actually can. And that can also be another issue. You know, it doesn't it doesn't say, well, I don't know the answer to that, because it always will give you something. And so people talk about these hallucinations and it can come up with just some crazy stuff sometime. You know, Ron's talking about math equations, but I mean, it's you know, it can also like uh, inaccurately, quote, quote. historical events as well so you have to you have to be really careful basically the moral of this is to is to be successful remember that we do need to think big we need to start small we need to iterate often we need to make sure that we're doing we're using ai we're applying it correctly we understand what it can and can't do and at the end of the day we want to be solving a real business understanding and we want to succeed So with that, we hope we've given you a lot to think about on today's podcast. We always love to hear from our listeners. If you have any thoughts on this topic, please reach out. We'd love to have lively conversations with all of our listeners we've talked about cpmai a lot i will link to it in the show notes it's a certification and a methodology but we also have a free intro to cpmai course just for you our ai today listeners so you can learn all about it it's about a two-hour course i know many of you have taken it and we always love your feedback on that course so i'll make sure to link to that in the show notes as well like this episode and want to hear more with hundreds of episodes and over three million downloads Check out more AI Today podcasts at AIToday.live. Make sure to subscribe to AI Today if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Amazon, or your favorite podcast platform. Want to dive deeper and get resources to drive your AI efforts further? We've put together a carefully curated collection of resources and tools handcrafted for you, our listeners, to expand your knowledge, dive deeper into the world of AI, and provide you with the essential resources you need. Check it out at aitoday.live slash list. This sound recording and its contents are copyright by Cognolytica, All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.